Welcome to the Her Influence Podcast, calling women to rise in purpose and influence in your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts. The Her Influence Podcast is created on behalf of Gather Women by women in Canada for women everywhere to rise in their leadership influence wherever they are planted. A special thanks to our sponsor, Mercy Canada, restoring hope, transforming lives. And now, here are your hosts, Kathy Ostapchuk, Vanessa Hoyes, and Caitlin Say. Hello, and welcome to the Her Influence podcast. I'm Kathy Ostapchuk, one of your co-hosts. And you know, in the previous episodes, we have been talking a lot about the surprise it is for many of us when we find ourselves in the leadership position. Either we don't feel that we've been gifted with the natural, what we think are leadership gifts or personality type, or our background would never lead us to think that we would end up here influencing something we had never intended to influence. And today is no exception. I am so excited about this chat that we are going to have with Angela Dole. And we are calling this episode, When God Calls the Reluctant Leader. And Angela has so much gold to share with us today because she is that girl. She is lead pastor of Relate Church in Surrey, BC, also with campuses in Abbotsford. And she is senior pastor of Relate Church, and it's a thriving family church um, with multiple campuses. She's focused on empowering generations and encouraging others to find their voice. Angela has been married to Rod for almost 25 years, and they have two grown children, Maddie and Miller. And I've known Angela for about four or five years now, and I can tell you, Uh, She brings such a gravitas, which means presence whenever she walks in a room. And she's not what you would normally think of as an extroverted type A leader, but she has such a strong presence. She's highly creative, um, very deep in so many ways, and she is going to be quite vulnerable in her story today um, of starting to be a leader in a family church where she did much of the um, behind the scenes work as executive pastor and perhaps thought that's where she would always be. Never with a mic in her hand, as you'll hear her say, but here she is on platform much of the time leading in a much larger way than she ever thought but also with a view to future generations. So for so many of us who never thought that we would find ourselves in places um, of larger influence than we had dreamed or discounted ourselves because we weren't the right uh, woman or man for the job, which is Angela's story as well, her story will encourage you. And this podcast is meant to encourage all of you that one of you would identify your story with the story that you're hearing in these minutes together. So we just encourage you to lean in, have a good listen, and again, grab a pen and some paper and take some notes because there's so much richness in our conversation with Angela Dole. So hi, it's Kathy Ostapchuk, one of the co-hosts of Her Influence podcast. 
And I'm really thrilled to be with you today and to welcome our guest, Angela Dole. Angela is the lead pastor of Relate Church in Surrey, BC, and so much more. And you heard that all that in her bio. And our, our talk today, our conversation is going to be around when God calls a reluctant leader. And so why is Angela part of this particular conversation and we're going we're gonna to kind of sort that through and see, see what she brings to the conversation, because I'm imagining a lot of you that are listening would put yourself in the same category. And perhaps even the word leader is not something that you identify. And so to be um, you know, brought into this sphere where maybe you never intended to be is an interesting one. And you may find yourself leading things or having influence in places that you never intended. And so if that's the case, listen in, lean in. Um, there's some great conversation to follow. So we, I was thinking of you, Angela, and since I've known you for about three or four years, I think since the beginning of Gather, yes. and just thinking of the way that your voice has grown, but also you've you've emceed Gather events, and I've heard you speak as I've watched Relate Church online, and then it just seemed like the next day you are lead pastor of Relate Church, which is a significant church. Oh, where did that come from? Where did that come from? Uh, so, you know, the power of your voice is significant, but here you are. What is surprising you about where you find yourself now? Oh, it's it's all surprising to me, actually. It, it wasn't necessarily what I would have thought or imagined. Um, it, it's been a lot of conversation, obviously, has brought us to this place. And so today, it's, it doesn't shock me. I know when I talk to people, sometimes it surprises them, and it's a reminder to me of the, the journey that we've been on. Um, but being the lead pastor sure wasn't in my, in my plans or, or my dreams. However, I'm so grateful for it today, grateful for the ability to have a voice in many people's lives, and I just... I'm so I'm a church girl, so being part of what God is doing here in our church and seeing what He's doing in the church across Canada um, is exciting for me. That I just get to play any kind of role in it, really. Um, but it wasn't I, it wasn't my ambition or my plan. There wasn't a strategy that landed us here. That's for sure. Um, other than being really wanting to be obedient to God and his call and, and how he's led us and he, his fingerprints are all over it. And so there's confidence in that for me personally, for us. Right. So even, even knowing that, that your confidence was in the obvious directing and propelling forth of God and you were being obedient, what did you have to wrestle with? Like even in terms of natural personality type or, you know, what things kind of brought some fear moments for you? Oh, lots of things. So um, me, I think my greatest work was getting over myself mm. only because I have been surrounded by lots of very ambitious type A leaders, which I'm so grateful for. And I learned so much from them. Um, my dad, who was the lead pastor before me and who uh, planted and founded this church with my amazing mom, um, 
for, you know, led it for 33 years. That's definitely who he is. And he um, would, would have had many leaders like that who would have gravitated towards him. So lots of conversations with people who had a great big dream to lead and to pastor in this capacity. Um, and because that wasn't me, I just assumed we'd find somebody with that, um, you know, with that big personality and big voice. And that just isn't who I am. Um, I was very comfortable. If we want to talk about, you know, comfort versus uh, doing what you're supposed to be doing, I was very comfortable doing the things that needed to be done to build the church, but kind of behind the scenes, uh, making things run properly, um, and doing whatever needed to be done, but but not necessarily with a microphone in hand. Um, and so I had to get over myself, really. I think that, well, to be really frank, I thought we'd, we'd find a man. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I've asked myself, I've thought, if I was a man, if, my, if I had been in the role that I was in and, and had been a man, I maybe would have seen it differently, probably. I think there would have been just an assumption that, um, that I'd, I'd grow and, and be that person, but I wasn't thinking that way. Um, also, I am an introvert. I'm highly introverted. I love influence and influencing people, but I'd be more comfortable doing it through the written word or, or through small gatherings. And so um, I, I hadn't seen somebody who looked and sounded like me. I just hadn't. I'm learning now that there's lots of people who look and sound like me actually out there. I just hadn't seen them. That wasn't, that wasn't in my frame of reference. And so I had to listen to God to see something bigger or different. Yeah. That is so interesting. I mean, getting over yourself is one of the initial barriers and even getting over the fact that no, you are not a man. And here you are stepping into this role. Actually, that's something I never really thought of when I thought of the things that you had to wrestle with. And so what would be, what have been some of the perceptions maybe externally, if you were um, Angelo rather than Angela, you know, (laughs) like stepping into this, like what have you sort of had to face out there being Angela? Um, Yeah. Uh, I think that for people who knew us well and knew that I, cause I, before I was stepping into this role, I was very involved in the leadership of our church. Um, I have been for a long time, but because I, I wasn't so vocal, I think people had to see me in a different way, just as I honestly had to choose to kind of change my clothes, see myself in a new light take on that responsibility fully. I think that's been um, a challenge and and work for people, which is completely understandable. Um, I think that uh, being who I am and speaking the way that I do, um, you know, I am a 44-year-old mom who um, I I talk in the way that I talk and, and what's important to me is perhaps different than others. And so I think that um, probably transition and, and stepping into a new place is challenging for anybody, but because I am just a different person and different leader than those who led before, um, that's, that's been work for, for all of us, I think. Mm-hmm. And being okay with that, that um, we don't have to do things the way that they've always been done. We honor and we learn from what's, what's gone before 100%. 
but God's doing a new thing and he needs all of us stepping into our place and however that looks, whatever that influence looks like. And, um, listening to his voice above all the, all the others yeah, um, has, has been the challenge. That's such a great reminder that he is a do, doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? But wouldn't it make more sense for him to be new, doing a new thing if you could, could walk into a new environment where you didn't know anybody and, you know, there wasn't this history, this legacy that has been set before you? I mean, how hard is that to yeah. walk in the path that has been forged before you with, um, you know, this legacy couple, John and Helen Burns? How hard is that? You know, it is challenging and it's also um, encouraging to me that I feel like I'm the right person for this role for that reason. I see myself as a bridge builder. I'm not even, I'm not focused on what I'm doing so much as what comes after me or what would really get me excited. Both my husband and I, and the reason that we're like, okay, we'll do this is because we see so many young leaders who are just seeing things in a new way and are passionate about the word of God, passionate about the church and and our nation. And I can't not provide them with an opportunity to grow in what God has called them to do. And, and I know that I can do that in a fresh way. And so I think I'm, I am the right person for this role because I've been here for the last 33 years. I was 10 years old when our church was planted. And so I've seen the investment and the, the seed that's been planted and those who have given everything for what we have today, I've seen that. And yet my eyes are on those who will come after us, those who were um, growing and who were investing into you. And so, you know, though it's been challenging because some people left, not everybody was okay with the transition. And I totally understand that. I actually had a, a conversation with a counselor that was so helpful to me personally, who said, cause I was, I think at the time I was complaining about people who had, who had left through this and, she said, would less people have left if somebody else had come and stepped into this role? Would it have been, um, would it have been easier for people if there was just a fresh person who had come in and, and would, it had, would it have made it simpler and less messy? And I thought about that and, and said, no, which was so freeing to me. No, no, that it wouldn't have been. It would have been that much greater of a challenge um, it would have, if it was the right thing, God would have made it all work and it would have been blessed and he would have been in it. Um, but no, I, I think that in this role, I can honor what has happened and help facilitate what God has as he's doing this new thing. Wow. I, I just hear such high values being expressed here, especially when you say, I actually am the right person for the job. I mean, how hard is it for any of us to say it, even in our current role, because we may be judging our success by, well, we don't know yet. Like, is the church going to grow or or are people going to keep leaving or whatever we're running? Like, are, are our numbers good or is our budget good? And yet you're saying, I'm the right person for this role even though I may not be the obvious choice out there, but to me, I am the right choice. And I, I think that sense of confidence that God has anointed you and ordained you for this time, um, 
is such a model for many of us. That's such an encouragement for me to hear you say that. I think of um, Sarah, not, not being like you in age, but biblical Sarah, hearing the promise through Abraham that she would be part of something new, like all the generations to come would be um, ordained, you know, to be followers of God, like the stars in the sky. But the promise came to Abraham and she had to believe it herself that she was supposed to be part of this creating something new and that she was the right woman for the job. And so I love how you're just modeling that and saying, like, I'm the girl. Pick me. I'm the girl. So, well, that's because I had to wrestle all of those uh, fears to the ground. I I did that before saying yes, knowing, okay, this is God. And that's what faith is, right? We Mm -hmm. we say yes, we're in before we see the outcome. Um, And so then it's in God's hand. I actually think that being a reluctant leader, I've learned how many are, would identify that way. We perhaps hear from the very, um, the bold, ambitious ones. And uh, gosh, I I love those. I learned from leaders like that. But there's so many who find themselves in a position where they're carrying something, the responsibility for something that perhaps feels bigger than what we can carry in our own strength. That would certainly be who I am. But I think that when you're in that position, and the Bible is full, and this encourages me so much, full of reluctant leaders. Moses is my guy who said, could you choose somebody else, please? Like, what if I'm not the right person? Although, if you look at the journey God brought him at, how he was 100%. He was the right person with everything that he needed for the role. But I think that when you're in a place like I am, there's actually such a gift in knowing that I can't rely on my own strengths because my charisma is not going to carry the church. I My ability to speak isn't what's just going to bring multiple people to our church. It's not. It, all of my confidence is in God. Even being a person who um, isn't after this role necessarily because it's always been my dream means that I'm more collaborative because I'm just looking for, let's all do this together. I recognize the strength in unity. I need a team, a strong team. And I think there's such strength in that, um, that comes only when you're just a submitted, (laughs) hopefully, you know, I said I'm the right person for the job, but I say that in all humility because it's God. It's only God. It really is. Um, and, And I think there's strength in knowing that all of my ability, all of my strength is in God. I cannot do any of this without him. Yeah. And wow, that speaks to such a strong inner core uh, of identity. I think of Moses, like, I, I love Moses too. Like, I feel like he's my guy. We can share him. That's okay. But, you know, he had to get out of town to find himself. So he goes to Midian and the, am I an Israelite? Am I, you know, like, uh, am I Egyptian? Like, where do I belong? And then when he, he names his son, like Goshen, I'm an alien living in a foreign land. Like I, I get I get who I am. I was never meant to fit in either place. Like I'm God's man. And it sounds like your wrestling has been with God. So it's been vertical, not horizontal, right? And so that that really is encouraging, I think, to anybody listening and to me. Our times of wrestling tend to be with each other when we're trying to fit into the places that 
you know, we feel that we should be. But when you do that work with God, it's still hard work, but you're doing it vertically, right? Was that your experience? Yes, it, it was. I, I am kind of that way that if I know God's telling me to do it, then I'll do it. I'm okay saying no to people. Okay. I have always been, but I got good at that. So in our journey, my, my dad, who was my pastor and my boss, he did ask me for many years if I would, if I would speak, if I would come on television with them. If I, this would have been something I never would have done back in the day because I got good at just saying no. Right. Um, but it was when I felt such conviction by the Holy Spirit that if there's something I'm supposed to be doing and I say no, how wrong that is. Not everything I'm supposed to say yes to, but when there's a, a when God asks me to do something or when somebody does and I know it's God, for me to say no would be the most uncomfortable feeling. And so though it's uncomfortable to step into places and to say yes to things like this that you could fail or look silly doing, um, I'd, way, I'd be way more uncomfortable being in a place where I've said no to something that I know God is asking me to do. So yeah, um, I can deal with the discomfort that comes from saying no or saying yes to a person or or being out of um, unity with people, uh, that that's not my favorite. I can deal with it, but say I want to be in a good place with God. And so that's the real work that, that has been the greatest wrestling for me personally. Right. And you know, you cannot do for others what you have not allowed God to do for you. So when you've wrestled this, I can be uncomfortable, but I need to be obedient. That's what you're offering to those that have been under your put, you know, given you to shepherd. And that's actually quite brilliant and quite profound. So you're allowing the process of character development and being a disciple to be worked out in you. And then as a pastor, you can offer that so you're willing, you know, your willingness to surrender to that. And I guess leads to my next question. What does it cost you to be a reluctant leader? Oh, yeah. Um, it's pretty costly in a lot of ways. And that's probably why I wrestled with it. Because as a pastor's kid, I know the cost attached to mm. pastoring and to leading. Um, it's, it can be very lonely. I think when you step into a place where you're obeying God, but it doesn't necessarily make sense to people, you choose often to separate yourself. Now, I know that whatever you surrender for the sake of obedience, whatever you give up for God's sake, he always restores and, and multiplies. He brings it back into our life. And I've seen him do that, but I've definitely walked through some lonely seasons. They felt lonely. I probably could have found people in the same position, but I couldn't see them where I was at. And so, um, it costs relationship for sure. Uh, it also, there's just the, the discomfort of, um, putting your, your family. I was concerned about my kids Thankfully, and God is so good. We had our kids early, and so now they're adults, so they all deal with it. But I was just concerned about all of the the pressure that that might put on them. I didn't want them to have to deal with that. Um, 
it's, it's costly in that you, you choose the narrow road. And I think that can look different for, for different people, but that is what the journey looks like of obedience to God. You, you don't do what's easy and what everybody else is doing. You do what he set before you. And that's a decision that, um, is uncomfortable. One of the songs that I would sing to myself over and over again is I have decided, you know, I have decided to follow Jesus and there's a line in it and I'm going to say it wrong probably, but um, though none go with me, still I will follow. Now, obviously I have a community and a great family around me, but you make the decision for yourself that you're going to do what God has before you. And um, that there's, there's, I think there's always a desert season in there. That's what I'm learning that in conversation that it often can feel lonely, but that's where you figure out where your strength is because God's there. He doesn't leave. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that you brought that up. I think sometimes when we say yes to God, even over reluctance, we wrestle through it. We walk into this new unique space and, and we're all geared up for it and we realize Oh, <laughs> it's hard. It's lonely. You know, I'm in the desert and you're asking me to do this from that place. And I think the biblical way is very much that way, isn't it? Where, you know, Mary has this baby out of wedlock with Joseph and nobody really gets it. Um, God gets it, but you're in that place alone. And I think you answered really kind of the last question that I had for you is what, what will keep you staying the path? And you just said, it's a narrow path. But even if I walk it alone, I walk it. Anything to add to that? Yeah, it's actually, though it it could be lonely or it feels like you're walking it and, and nobody really understands or you're in a, in a challenging place, it's the sweetest place to be because that's where you find the gift of Holy Spirit who goes with you, God who is right there he's so close and so that's that's what keeps you going it's it's that relationship it's that communion with him yeah thank you for that and i also recognize that you said i mean you're you're in a church with a fairly large reach and a large platform so bigger platform but you reminded us that it's actually a very narrow space that you walk in and so you know that's that's so good for many of us women who um you know, we see kind of destiny ahead of us and we dream about what it will look like, but it's really hard to count the cost because we may often think, you know, it's the fairy tale following Jesus, but to do it with that kind of inner strength and fortitude that you say, but I have the Holy Spirit is such a beautiful reminder. Yeah. So I've heard you say, I mean, the first brilliant thing was getting over yourself, which for so many of us is the hardest. It's the first hurdle, the biggest hurdle. And some of us never, never managed to straddle it. Like we just keep devolving into, but it shouldn't be me. Pick somebody else. So getting over ourselves, um, understanding that there's a cost, but then having that strong sense of identity where we can say, I actually am the right person, you know, and Moses, you know, realizing that he was because God was, I am. So I just appreciate all of those uh, reminders. I think that 
we are all encouraged having heard that from you. And we just want to, you know, be tracking with you and championing you out there in BC and um, just love your voice because you represent what so many of us feel is that God, like I would never pick me, but you have. So therefore I will be obedient. And so this last, you know, I, I kind of told you at the beginning, maybe perhaps there are women out there just wanting permission to do something or be something and they're wrestling with it right now. What would you give them permission to do in this season? Oh, that's the best question. So I guess I would say uh, you have permission to say yes, say yes. Um, say the, the yes, that's uncomfortable. If there's a door that's open in front of you, walk through it. And we so often are the ones who hold back. Nobody's holding us back often. It's us. And I just want to say, if my example can encourage anybody to, to rise, that would be the greatest joy. And it just starts with saying yes to whatever's in front of you. Use your voice. Don't wait until you have it all polished and you have a, a, a perfect statement. Um, Speak up wherever you are in the middle of whatever you're going through and watch how God uses it when you're willing to submit to him. Wow, that's great. You know, I just want to raise my hand and say yes. I'm not sure what I'm saying yes to, but it inspires me to want to do that. And I know I've heard your mom, you know, raise her hand and say yes on behalf of the whole nation of Canada for all the daughters here in this nation. And I hear you saying, say yes. And I have a sense that you're saying that on behalf of others to give other cur- others courage to say that too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Saying yes to God, not necessarily having to say yes to everybody else. We have permission to also say no, right. but having courage to say yes to God, no matter what the cost and getting over ourselves to do it. Well, thank you, Angela. This time has been most inspiring, and I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. God bless. Thank you. I think you'll agree with me that that was a powerful conversation with Angela, and I so appreciate her vulnerability. Um, She says in her conversation with me, being a reluctant leader, I've learned how many would identify that way. And it really does bust that myth that uh, we think that all leaders have this large, bigger-than-life, visionary personality. And it's so not true. And she reminds us to look in the Bible for examples of those leaders that weren't that, for instance, Moses, who just did not want to do the thing God had called him to do but found the empowering of God with him in his journey when he fully stepped into that destiny. And the fact that Angela says that she had to sort of get out of her own way and listen to God to see herself as a builder of something bigger or different, and that we don't always have to do the things the way that they've always been done. And I love that she really bases her confidence on her identity with God, no matter what the world says about our ability to lead or even who they perceive us to be, that it's really obedience to God that kind of sets us into those places where we will influence. So I hope that you've enjoyed our time with Angela. She has been on the Gather platform multiple times, and most recently, She has been on the platform with Helen Burns, who was former senior co-pastor of Relate Church. And it's interesting, their conversation between 
<clears throat> Helen and between Angela, sort of uh, the leader that was in that place and now the leader, the daughter who is in that place now and how they go back and forth with completely opposite personalities, um, but share that journey. And you can actually access that talk uh, if you go to the website and, and download some of the files from Gather Rise 2018. I think that would be really helpful for you to listen to. So keep tracking with us. Uh, we have uh, great uh, episodes the rest of this season dealing with all things to do with influence and hopefully dealing with all things that have to do with you and your life. And we just want to encourage you and we want to tackle the things that perhaps are on your heart and put courage into you that if God calls you do it to it, it definitely is possible. So have a great um, week. We look forward to welcoming you back on the next podcast episode of Her Influence. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Her Influence podcast. We'd love you to share this episode to encourage a friend and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. For more on the Gather Women movement, visit gatherwomen.com. For free resources, circles, and events in your area, better yet, grab your girlfriends and register to join us live at the Gather Rise conference, October 25th and 26th in Oakville, so we can meet you. A special thanks to our sponsor, Mercy Canada, restoring hope, transforming lives. And now, rise in purpose and influence your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts.